With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. He's worthy. Worthy. God is so worthy. Worthy of the praise, he's worthy, he's worthy, God is so worthy, worthy of the praise. Amen, amen. God bless you, children of God. I do greet each of you once again. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ, my prayer is that you are blessed and highly favored as this broadcast is coming to you. For those of you worshiping with us for the first time, I am Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church Worldwide, headquarters, Kinston, North Carolina, USA. And I'd like to welcome you once again to another edition of Living the Word, where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. I bring you greetings from the great country of Nigeria, City Lagos, where Jesus Christ is Lord and besides him, there is none other. One of the things the Lord is is immediately placing in my spirit now for his children is to understand the purpose in which we are here. We find ourselves in this life, in this world, in this realm, and most of us have wondered and even asked the question, why are we here? Why are we in this world? Why are we in this life? And some of us have not uh, received the answers that we were looking for, but God has sent me here today to share with his people why we are here. We are here to live for God. God allows us to do so many things. You turn the television on and you see men and women doing so many things. God allows us to work and he allows us to to uh, pleasurable events, to go to shows, to do all sorts of things. But the purpose and the reason for our being here is for God. Understand, my brother and my sister, that you and I were created for God. We were created by God, and we are meant to live for God. I want to encourage as many of you that are under the sound of my voice as possible, live for God. We're not perfect. We make mistakes every day. We do things we shouldn't do. We say things we shouldn't say. But I encourage you, make it your ambition to live for God, to try to do the things that are pleasing in his sight. As surely as we end this life today, each one of you under the sound of my voice, we are in this life. We are in this world. As sure as we are in this life, we will be in another life. We will spend eternity in another life or in another plane of existence. And that plane of existence will either be heaven or it will be hell. My prayer for each one of you 
is that heaven will be your portion in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We're going to take a look at something here. Uh, the Lord was dealing with me on a little earlier today. And the Lord told me, he said, Robert, I want you to speak to my people about what I esteem. About what I esteem. When, when we esteem something, or when something is esteemed, it is looked at favorably, or it is looked at highly. God esteems certain things. God esteems certain thoughts, certain words, certain deeds. The Lord is bringing in my spirit now. The scripture said in Genesis of Cain and Abel that God did not look with favor on Cain or his offering. In other words, God did not have a lot of esteem or Cain, or his offering. But the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. My prayer for each one of you today, children of God, is that God will look with favor on you and your offering, that God will look with esteem on you and your offering, what you are giving to God. You see, there's no way we can serve God without giving to God. In the Old Testament, it was against the law to come before the Lord empty-handed. In the Old Testament, when you came before the law, you brought something. You brought something of value. You brought something of importance. My prayer for you today, children of God, is that you will offer up to God that of value, that of importance. The scripture even says, thank you, Holy Spirit, that we are to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. The Bible says, for this is our spiritual act of worship. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? You can tell by, you can tell a person's worship by what they offer up to God. If you don't give much to God or you don't give much of value to God or you don't get this is why God asks for us to present our bodies. What God wants, my brother and my sister, if you say, Apostle, what does God want? Does he want my tithes? He want my gift? He want my offerings? He want first fruit? He want sure. God will, will take all of those things. But what God really wants, and God says, Robert, tell my people now for me, is he really wants you. He really wants me. He wants us to present our bodies, present ourselves to God. God, sure, he will accept your tithes. He will accept your offerings. He will accept your first fruit, your gifts. God will accept all of these things. But what he wants mostly is you. What he wants mostly is me. He wants us to present our bodies, present yourself to God. In essence, say to God, here I am, Lord, use me. What do you want me to do, Lord? One of the things that caused God to bless the Apostle Paul so greatly. He blessed him with wisdom. He blessed him with understanding. He blessed him with miraculous powers. One of the first things Paul did when he met the Lord on the Damascus Road, one of the first questions Paul asked God was, Lord, what shall I do? In essence, he was saying to the Lord, I'm available. God wants us to be available. My prayer for you today is that you make yourself available to God. Whatever God wants, whatever God needs, whatever God is looking for, we want to say, here I am, Lord. Use me. You know, Use me to speak your word, Lord. Use me to do your will, Lord. Use you let God you listen to me, my brother and my sister. Let God use you 
do his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And what you will find, my brother and my sister, as you allow God to use you, you will find the blessings of God all over your life. As God is able to use us, use us to speak, use us to do, use us to 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 whatever God wants to use us for, the blessings of God will be upon us as we offer ourselves, as we present ourselves, as we allow our creator to use us. We're going to take a look children of God at the book of Luke chapter 16 with a very special focus on verse 15. Luke chapter 16 with a special focus on verse 15. The Bible says Jesus said to them, You are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others. But God knows your hearts. What people value highly or esteem or think of as important, what people value is detestable in God's sight. Once again, Jesus said to them, you're the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others, but God knows your hearts. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. We're going to work from a theme today, children of God. What God esteems. What God Esteems. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, again, we thank you. We praise you. We give you all glory, all honor. You've allowed us to see and experience a new day. Thank you, Heavenly Father. You have done so much to us, through us, and for us. We can never repay how good you have been to us. We pray, Heavenly Father, today that you will speak into our hearts and our minds. Give us words that will edify us, strengthen us, and encourage us. Open our blind eyes. Unstop our deaf ears that we may see as your spirit desires, that we may respond as your spirit desires. Forgive us of our sins and our iniquities. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you will continue leading and guiding us in your paths of righteousness for your name's sake. These and all other blessings we ask and we count done in the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ. Let God's people say, Amen. Amen and amen. What God esteems. God is much like us. Or we are much like God. However, you want to look at it. If tomatoes are much like uh, another fruit, then I mean another vegetable, then that means that that other vegetable is much like it. Well, if God, if we are much like God, and then that means that God too must be much like us. Now we know that God has characteristics and attributes that are very different from us in the state that we are in right now. But God also has characteristics and attributes that are much like us. Remember, 
we have been created in his image and after his likeness. God has purposely made us much like him. You 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 don't expect if a husband and a wife get together and have a child, you don't expect the child to look like the neighbor. You expect the child to look like and to even to behave like a combination of the man and the woman. Why? Because those were the ones that were involved in producing the child. Well, since God is our Heavenly Father, we can expect that we are much like him. We have his characteristics. We have his attributes. Uh, we have uh, many of the good things that are in us like him. The problem is we have some stuff in us that is not from him, namely sin. And God wants us, especially as his children, to be working daily to remove the sin and to not operate in it. But we are much like God. We have likes. We have dislikes. Now, trouble is that sometimes what we like is not what God likes and what we dislike is not what God dislikes. But we have likes. We have dislikes. We have uh, things that we want to do. We have things that we don't want to do. The challenge for you and I, children of God, is to match our will, our likes, our dislikes. Match them up with God's likes, dislikes. Match our will up with God's will. Match what we esteem up with what God esteems. Jesus said to them, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others, but God knows your heart. What people value highly or what people esteem is detestable or is rejected in God's sight. You say, Apostle, what does this mean? This means that the state that we are in as human beings, man has fallen so far out of the character of God, that now what man values highly is detestable in God's sight. Now, there was a time, thank you, Holy Spirit, that what man valued highly was the same as what God valued highly. This was when Adam was first created. When he was created in the image and the likeness of God and he was perfect and he was doing the things that were pleasing in God's sight, God gave Adam an instruction to uh, name everything in existence. And Adam did that, the creeping things, the bird. Why? Because what was highly valued in God's sight at this stage, at this juncture, it was also highly valued in Adam's sight. When what we highly value is highly valued, when, when we value what is highly valued in God's sight, God is pleased with us. God is able to bless us. God is able to take us further and to take us higher. But when we value what is detestable in God's sight, God says, that's when I have to punish you. That's when I have to take from you. That God says, that's when I'm not pleased with you. So I encourage you, children of God, under the sound of my voice, let us value, let us highly value what is highly valued in God's sight now question is, what is highly valued in God's sight? In order for you and I to find out, to know, 
what is highly valued in God's sight, we must study his word. One of the purposes of God's word is to let men and women know what is highly valued in God's sight. If you don't study God's word, if we don't study God's word, we won't know what's highly valued in God's sight. We will keep valuing things that are detestable in God's sight. We will keep esteeming things that God is not pleased with. We will keep loving things that God does not want us to love. If we don't study, we won't know what is exalted, what is what's important, what is uh, in God's sight. My prayer for every one of you today is that through your study, of God's word, through your seeking of God's face, you will uh, learn and know what is highly valued in God's sight. One of the things that is highly valued, because God has things he values, just like every one of us has things we value. Some of us value our family. Some of us value our children. Some of us value our jobs. Some of us value. Everyone has things that they value. God has things that he values. And my prayer is that we will value, we will esteem the things that God values, the things that God sees as important. Bible tells us in the book of Psalms, chapter 138 and 2, verse 2. Psalms, chapter 138 and verse 2. The psalmist writes that God esteems his word even above his name. God esteems his word. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to let us know today? We are living in a day and a time where the very thing that God esteems is the very thing that men and women don't want to hear. The very thing that God will use to bless you, the very thing that God will use to establish you, I'm hearing God in my spirit now. The very thing God says that I will use to save you is the very thing that many of you do not want to hear, and that's God's word. The Bible says in Psalms 138 and 2 that God esteems or exalted his word even above his name. God sees his word and looks at his word as even more highly than his name. From the New New Living Translation, the, the psalmist writes, I bow down before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness, for your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. Well, the, the, the psalmist writes in the English Standard Version, I bow down toward your holy temple. I give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. The King James Version says that God esteems his word even above his name. You say, Apostle, what does this mean? It means that the things that God likes are the things that we dislike. And the things that we dislike are the things that God likes. Look at Luke Luke chapter 16 and verse 15. Jesus said, what people value highly, what people think is very important, 
God detests. So you say, Apostle, what does that mean? That means that at the end of the day, you're going to find out that what was important to you, God was, it was detestable to God. And what was important to God was detestable to you. My prayer for you, every one of you under the sound of my voice, is that we will find out in this world, in this life, in this realm, what is important to God, and that is what we will make important to ourselves. God's word. You wonder, you say, Pop, what's important to God? God's word is important to God. Many of you, under the sound of my voice, you, you, it's detestable to you. You don't want to hear what God got to say. But that's the very thing that is very important to God. People don't end up in hell, and people end up in heaven because the ones that went to heaven were perfect and the ones that went to hell were so, so bad. That's not why people go to go to heaven or go to hell. The people that go to heaven... They go to heaven simply because they made a choice that was pleasing in the eyesight of God. They accepted God's sacrifice for sin. Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. God didn't say we're saved because we're perfect and the people that go to hell because they're so, so terrible. No, it's going to be some nice people that go to hell. It's going to be some decent people that go to hell. It's going to be. Why? Because they did not make the decision to accept God's sacrifice for sin. My prayer for every one of you, every one of us, is that we will accept God's sacrifice for sin. Bible says what people highly value. So my, my, you say, Apostle, what do we need to do? You need to look at what is valuable to you. And you need to find out whether it is valuable to God. See? Look at what is valuable. Think about the things in your life that are valuable to you. And then find out, is this, is this valuable to God? Is this important to God? And then find out what is valuable to God or what is important to God. And, say, and, then, say, and then look at whether that is important to you. God values righteousness. God values his word, even above his name. God values love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. God values the fruit of the spirit. My prayer for every one of us is that what will be valuable or important to us are the things that are valuable or important to God. Luke chapter 16 Bible says in verse 14, the Pharisees who loved money. Now, 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 let me deal with that because we are living in a dispensation. We are living in the last days. The Bible says that men and women would be lovers of money, lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure. We are living in the middle of that dispensation. The Pharisees, who were some of the religious leaders in Jesus' day, they loved money. Now, now you got to understand what that means. When the Bible talks about an individual loving money, the Bible is talking about individuals that have been spiritually blinded because what the love of money will do is it will blind you. It will blind you to the will of God. It will blind you to the ways of God. It will blind you that when a person loves money, the Bible says that, that, that the love of money is the root 
of all evil. It is a it it is a terrible thing for men a man or woman or for a person to love money. Because when they love money, they automatically are under the influence of the devil. And they need to be delivered. They need to be uh, set free from that spirit. It's a terrible, terrible spirit that blinds people and keeps and has people doing just the opposite of what God wants them to do. Now, Jesus told the people in verse 13, he said, no one can serve two masters. In other words, you're not going to be able to serve God and serve money. Whether you're a pastor, whether you're a, 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 a worker on a job, whether you are whatever you are, you cannot serve. No, Jesus said no one can serve two masters. Either God is your master or money is your master. Either God is your master or Satan is your master. Either God is your master or demons are your master. My prayer for everyone under the sound of my voice that God is your master. You say, Apostle, how do we know whether God is our master or whether money is our master? Who do you listen to mostly? Who do you listen to? Are you willing to listen to God or are you controlled by money? Or do you listen more to what can get you money or listen more to what will get you pleased by God? Who do you listen to? That's your master. You're wondering who your master is. Who do you like listening to the most? Jesus said no one can serve two masters. You either hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. Look at, go write down on a piece of paper how much time you spend with activities that will bring you money, and write down on, out of an average day, how are the activities that will bring you closer to God, and see which one you are doing a whole lot more. You want to know which master you're serving? Write it down. Take a 24-hour day. How much time am I spending uh, with the activities that will bring me closer to God, whether it be studying, whether it be fasting, whether it be praying, whether it be uh, communing and, and, and communicating with God? And look and, and, and compare that, the amount you spend the time you spend in those activities that will bring you closer to God and the time you spend in activities that are not God-related. And see. And see. Point is this, my brother and my sister. We want to spend the majority of our time, the majority of our energy, the majority of our effort in activities that will bring us closer to God. The Bible says you cannot serve both God and money. Now, does that mean that, you know, because we spend a lot of time on our job that, no, we can serve God on our job. See, you can still be communing with God as you work. In fact, those are the best workers, those who commune with God, those who listen to God. Why? Because they're going to give like God is telling them to give. Number two, they're going to do their jobs the way God tells them to do their jobs. They're going to work with a spirit of excellence. They're not going to be somewhere uh, looking for a place that they can go to sleep so that the boss won't see them. But we can serve God on our jobs. In fact, God expects us to serve God on our job. Whatever job you have or we have, we are expected by as children of God to do it the way God commands. 
if we do it the way God commands, God will still get the glory, God will still get the honor, God will still get the praise, and God will still bring us closer to him through our job that we are doing in in obedience to him. Bible says in verse 14, Luke 16, 14, the Pharisees, their problem was they loved money. Now, when you get individuals who love money, whether it be in the church, whether it be in the community, whether it be in the family, these individuals are not able to hear God. If you under the sound of my voice and you just happen to click on this broadcast and you find yourself not being able to spend much time listening, could be because you love money. See, when you love money, you have problems hearing God because God does not love money. God loves people. See, God uses money or or allows us to use money, but God loves people. The problem with the Pharisees, they loved money, and they were unable to hear Jesus because Jesus loved people. When you have individuals that love money, they will have a different message when you have individuals that love money, they will have a different purpose for doing what they do. When you have individuals that love money, they will be their move will be very different from the move of God. My prayer for every one of you under the sound of my voice today is that you will love God, not my, that you will love people and love God, not money, not mammon. When you love God, when you love God, and when you love people, you will have a different motivation. But when you love money, when you love mammon, even in ministry, even in ministry, every, listen to me, children of God. Every profession, there are either individuals that are doing it because they love people and they love God or because they love money and they love mammon. Everything that that, that 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 people are doing, they are doing it because they love people and they love God or they love money and they love mammon. Now, when you love money and you love mammon, you're not going to be able to hear those who love God and who love people. What they're talking about is going to be boring to you. Where they're coming from is going to be boring to you. Why? It's not because there's a problem with them, but because there's a problem with you. The Bible says the Pharisees who loved money, the reason why they had problems listening to Jesus and listening to what he was preaching, listening to what he was teaching, was because they loved money. They didn't love the people of God. They didn't love the God of the people. They loved money. So now they couldn't hear Jesus. They couldn't hear God. The love of money will block you, your ears from being able to hear God. My prayer is that God deliver you in the mighty name of Jesus, that God anoint your ears to be able to hear him over every other voice that is speaking in your life. The Pharisees, now they, they, they had doctrine. They had teachers, they had things that they listened to and things that they did, but because they loved money, they could not hear God. My prayer is that you will love God, that you may hear God. See, in order to be able to hear God, you got to love God. You got to, in order to be able to hear God, you have to love God. The Pharisees, they love money, so they couldn't hear it. The Bible says they heard all of this. They heard all this, what Jesus was talking about, about not loving mammon and about being, they were here, but they weren't going for it. You know, they, they weren't listening to that because they loved money. Listen to me, my brother and my sister, love of money is a deceiver in your life. 
Love of money will lead you down the wrong path. Love of money will have you listening to the wrong doctrine, preaching the wrong doctrine, teaching the wrong doctrine. May we love God and not in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says that the Pharisees who love money, they heard all this and they were sneering or kind of like laughing or kind of like not believing Jesus. They they were like this stuff Jesus talking about. They were not going for it. Why? Because they love money and their ears were blocked. May God unblock ears today in the mighty name of Jesus. There are individuals under the sound of my voice that have to have their ears unblocked from a love of money, from a love of man today in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, may you unblock their ears that they be able to hear what your spirit is saying to the church. Bible says that Jesus said to them, you are the ones who justify yourselves. Now, how can we tell individuals that love money? One of the main characteristics of individuals that love money instead of loving God is they constantly try to justify themselves. Jesus said, you are the ones who justify yourselves. In other words, they constantly want to make themselves look right. They constantly want to make themselves look good. They constantly want to try to make. Jesus said, you are the ones. You, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others. Another characteristic of those who love money, they're constantly uh, concerned with what they look like in the eyes of others. Listen to me, children of God. There are some people that are concerned with what they look like in the eyes of God. There are other people that are concerned with what they look like in the eyes of people. Being concerned with what you look like in the eyes of God is more important because it is God that will either let you into heaven or it is God that will keep you out of heaven. Don't worry about others. Others cannot get you into heaven. Others cannot keep you out of heaven. But God knows our hearts. When you are concerned about what you look like to God, you become concerned about your heart, your motives, what's going on inside you, what's the real reason that you're doing what you're doing, that you're saying what you're saying. Bible says what people value highly. Jesus had this, he said, let me, let me break this down for you. What people value highly, what people value. God says, Robert, there's a difference between what people value and what I value. Understand there's a difference between what people value highly and what God values highly. What people value highly is detestable. God says, Robert, it's detestable. People value money. People value uh, sex. People value uh, sexual immorality. People value so many things. God is speaking to me now. He said, God says, people value so many things. God says that is detestable in my sight. Lord, help us today to value to highly value what is highly valued in your sight. Help us, Father, to view as detestable what is viewed as detestable in your sight. What God esteems, my prayer for you today, children of God, is that what God esteems, you and I will esteem. What God values, you and I will value. What God finds pleasurable, you and I will find pleasurable. What God likes, you and I will like. May God bless you, children of God. We pray that you have been blessed at the preaching and the teaching of God's word. Um pray that God is continuing to edify you, continuing to 
strengthening you, continuing to anoint you, continuing to bring us all closer to his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is our prayer. We count it done in the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ. For those of you, uh, this ministry is a blessing to you and you want to be a blessing to the ministry, please feel free to go to our church website and let the Lord use you in any capacity, in any dimension that he sees fit. And you will... uh, Surely be blessed. This is Apostle Robert Bryant signing out for the Christian Center Church Worldwide Headquarters, Kinston, North Carolina, USA. May God bless you and heaven smile on you.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.